Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, through this entire ordeal, God continues to reign in the kingdom of men. Uh, he continues to make a way for us so that each and every day, not only do we have life, but also the things needed to sustain life. And on this particular day, uh, we have uh, taken in hand to remember uh, our mothers and the great role and the great space that they fill in all of our lives. Uh, looking at the chat messages before we started, uh, there were a number of people who came on wishing a happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. And certainly that is indicative of the job that our mothers have and are doing and of their importance in our living. God has blessed us, uh, each and every one, when he created mothers. And if you have known the love of a mother or uh, someone has been a mother figure to you, uh, then you also know that there's nothing like a mother's love. Uh, a mother loves sacrificially and willingly, and a mother loves unconditionally and completely. Uh, usually, I will refer to one of the Psalms uh, at this juncture. Uh, but I want to defer today to uh, something from the Proverbs, Proverbs 1, verse 8. Uh, there the wise man says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. And so certainly the Bible writers appreciated the great place that women uh, play uh, in the grand scheme of things, and in particular, uh, they were very aware of the importance of mothers. Uh, in the lives of, uh, uh, in everyone's life. Certainly we want to wish uh, all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day. Uh, for all that you do and all that you are, you are certainly deserving of recognition on today and every day. Uh, but consider today our recognition uh, that you are special, that we very much appreciate uh, all that you do and we are thankful to God Almighty uh, who has blessed humanity uh, with mothers and the institution of motherhood. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again this morning uh, there to 2 Kings chapter 4 and appreciate Brother Antoine reading what was an extended text uh, this morning, and actually uh, didn't get quite all of the account there, uh, but we will give consideration to that this morning. Uh, we want to read again there in Second Kings chapter 4, uh, verses 19 and 20. Second uh, Kings 4, verse 19 in your Bibles, and he said unto his father, my head, my head, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Based on the account here given to us in 2 Kings chapter 4, we want to use this morning as a subject, only a mother. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in 2 Kings chapter 4, 
Uh, I, I believe the scene that is set here for us is one of those things that you would have to experience it to really appreciate what was going on. And only a mother, I think, could relate to what it is that mothers go through. But can you imagine having your child brought to you, and obviously there's something wrong, uh, and, and he sits there on her knees and she tends to him uh, as best she can, uh, but then he dies there in her embrace. Uh, only a mother would, would sit there and endure such a, a, a hardship. But as we look at the text and as we give consideration uh, uh, to mothers and motherhood, I submit to you that we live in a society that has in many ways made a mockery of motherhood. And by that, I mean that it is God's will that a woman become a wife before she becomes a mother. Uh, in Hebrews 13 and verse number four, the Bible declares that marriage is honorable in all, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And, and I could say the same thing on Father's Day. Uh, uh, it is God's will that a, a, a man become a father, uh, a man become a husband before he becomes a father. It was never God's intent that motherhood be solely the byproduct of a biological process. When we look at mothers and motherhood, that is, as it is laid out for us in the word of God, God intends that motherhood be a stabilizing factor not only in the home, but in the church and in the world as well. And by this, I mean to say, it was never God's intent that a female have a baby simply because she was having sex. And before we become parents, whether we be male or female, we would do well to consider the responsibilities and the duties and the concerns of being a parent. See, before bringing a child into this world, I need to know that I've signed on for at least 18 years of providing for the child. And, and I can't provide for someone else if somebody else is still providing for me. Before bringing a child into this world, I, I need to know that God commands me to train up a child in the way that he should go. And, and to raise a child uh, in the way that he should go presupposes that I'm walking in that way myself. Uh, uh, it is the parent's responsibility to raise a child in the understanding and reverence of God Almighty. And when we look at our world, sadly, what we see is that there are many people bringing children into this world only to uh, discover that they are not suited or outright unwilling to be a parent. Now, I'm not here to hate this morning. I, and you know, today ought to be a happy day, and I'm glad that we take a day to recognize mothers and uh, uh, motherhood. And mothers and motherhood, as God has ordained them, are one of the greatest joys and blessings that we can know in this life. And, and I know that there are positive examples of mothers, not just in the Bible, but still in our world today. And when we look at 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, this Shunammite woman uh, of the text was a great mother. And, and I know this not only because of what she did and the event uh, recounted for us in the text, 
but I know this because she was a godly woman. See, great mothers are godly women. And appreciate, a woman is not a great mother because she keeps a child dressed in the latest styles and fashions. She's not a great mother because she buys her children all the latest gadgets and gizmos. When we talk about what it is that makes a great mother, a great mother must be a godly woman because the single most important thing that a child needs is to be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do you remember the great question Jesus asked, Matthew 16, verse number 26? He says, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world, but lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So, so a, a, a great mother has to be a godly woman because the thing children need most is to learn to walk with the Lord. So then from this morning, uh, from our text, I want us to give consideration to three things from the subject, only a mother. Uh, look with me again, if you will, at, at the text there in, in verse number 17, uh, 2 Kings 4, verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at, at the, excuse me, and bare a son at, at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. When we look at uh, uh, verses 17 and 18, it strikes me, number one, that there are some things that only a mother should do. Note that our text doesn't say how old the boy was, but we are told that he was old enough to be out with his father, but still young enough to come back and sit on his mother's lap. Now, you know, that's a special time in your living. I, I love my mother very much, but I, I would dare say that my days of sitting on her lap ha have gone by. So, so whatever his age was, he was still fairly young here. Uh, he was young enough to be sitting on his mother's lap. But observe also that there was some period of time between his birth and his going out to be with his father. And I'm glad the text says that I just believe boys ought to spend some time with their daddy. I, I believe fathers ought to raise sons to be men. Uh, but before he was able to go out and spend time with his daddy, I, I know he had to spend some time with his mother. Uh, uh, who was he with during the time uh, uh, and what was happening that time bef uh, 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 before he went out to be with his father, but, but after he was born? We can answer both of these questions if we look outside the text. I, I know that this boy during this time was with his mother. Now, somebody said, well, preacher, how do you know that? And, and, well, stay with me. I, I also know that during this time, the Shunammite woman was doing things for her son that only a mother should do. Do you remember another great mother uh, by the name of Hannah back in 1 Samuel chapter 1? And you remember when her husband, Elkanah, and the rest of the family went up to offer the yearly sacrifice, that Hannah said, well, I'm not going up with you because I've got to take care of this infant. See, only a mother should do that. And appreciate when I say that, I understand that life happens and everyone doesn't grow up in the most ideal of circumstances. And there are times when you do the best you can and have to make the best of what it is. But 
when we look at what the Word of God teaches, uh, one of the things we appreciate is that nothing replaces the mother in God's plan. And when we talk about humans, humans as babies are the most vulnerable part of all that God has created. You know, when you look out in the animal kingdom, uh, uh, in nature, many babies are able to walk shortly after birth. And, and I mean within a few minutes after they have been born. And that's just not going to happen when you talk about humans. Uh, uh, in nature, many animals are driven off after just a few years to fend for themselves. Well, you know, it's been a couple of years before we even get to the point uh, where the baby doesn't need major assistance in, in uh, getting a meal down. So when we talk about humans, the most important years of our lives, uh, as it pertains to what we learn and the molding of our character, are our early childhood years. And, and I hope this helps us appreciate why mothers are so very important uh, in God's plan. In Proverbs 31 and verse number 27, it, it says concerning the virtuous woman that she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. I'm sure what the wise man had in mind when he was saying that is that the virtuous woman is also a busy mother. And she's not just busy doing the things that uh, uh, people notice when their children are out and about. She's busy doing the things like molding their character when they're young, like making sure they know that there is a God and that they understand what it is to respect your elders and mind your manners and uh, uh, have some kind of a uh, uh, respect for yourself. All of these are things that only a mother should do. But then if we look further uh, uh, in the text there in 2 Kings chapter 4, in verse number 19, and he, he said unto his father, my head, my head, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. The second consideration this morning is that there are things that only a mother can do. There is nothing in this text that leads me to believe that this Shunammite was versed in, in medical procedure. But her husband thought it best uh, uh, for his ailing son to be carried to his mother. And don't you find that interesting? When, when something's wrong with this boy, and I'm sure the father loved his son too. Uh, notice what Gehazi said about him. Gehazi said he's an old man. And, can you imagine having a son in your old age, uh, uh, being an old man and having a son? I imagine that gave him reason to puff his chest out some when he was uh, uh, walking about with the other men. And, and when his son uh, starts to have a problem, he says, take the boy to his mother. It says that he understands something about what it is to be a mother uh, and motherhood. And, and, and I get it. No one can sympathize with a child like a mother can. See, mothers, good mothers, godly mothers, that they have an innate compassion and care for their children. And mothers, by virtue of what God has ordained, can impact a child's life like no one else. Uh, in your Bibles, in 1 Timothy 5, in verse number 14, Paul declares, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Well, well, what does he mean when he says guide the house? Well, well, I think when the apostle says guide the house, 
uh, that he understands that there are things that only a mother can do. Uh, you know, everybody can care for, for a young child, but, but, but only a mother can care for a child like the mother would. See, all mothers may not do all that they can, uh, uh, all that can be done, but the mother is uniquely suited by God to do what no one else can do. And that is love her child uh, in, in a way that there's just a connection that almost defies description. And we see the influence of mothers throughout our society. I'm sure uh, of those of you that, that watch football, you've seen one of these big hawking football players. You know, sometimes the fella's 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds, and they shine the camera on him, and what does he do? Well, well, that big fella that's out there mauling other big fellas will look square at that camera and say, hi, mom, doesn't that say something about the place that mothers feel uh, uh, in the life uh, 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 of families? And then uh, a third there, as we look at the text, uh, in verse number 20, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. I, I submit to you third this morning that there are things that only a mother will do. And again, I just think about that passage when I read it, and, and I could understand if the next verse just read of that she broke down in tears and was overcome by the fact that her son had died. But this mother, rather than be overcome by uh, uh, the situation, in verse 21, we're told she goes up and lays him on the bed of the man of God. And then she calls to her husband and says, send me one of the servants and let him use uh, uh, one of the donkeys. And then she saddles a donkey for herself and, and says to the servant, let's run out to the man of God and don't you slow down unless I tell you. She's willing to put herself at risk. I need to get to somebody that can help my child. Now, mind you, it's her dead child, but she still believes that God is able. And I think that makes a great mother. And when you have a mother that just believes that God is able and she puts her well-being and the well-being of her family in God's hands. There are things that only a mother will do. When we look at this text and we think about it, I submit to you that a mother will do for you what other people only talk about doing. You know, Everybody will talk about helping you, but, but only your mother will go to the limit and back again, and gladly so, simply because that's my child. This woman, based on the character evidenced in our text and, and the culture of their day, had other things that she needed to do in the course of a day. But when it came to her child, she put everything else on hold. I could imagine if she was working in our world today and she got a phone call and they said, your child has taken ill, that mama just leaves the office and we'll worry about that job if and when that time comes. But right now, the priority is my child. And it ought not take a crisis for us to keep our children as priority. If we bring them into this world, then we owe it to them and we owe it to the God we serve to be the parents that he's called us to be. But when we talk about mothers, and not just this mother, I've seen it in my living, I submit to you 
that a mother will, will sacrifice her well-being for the well-being of her children. I've known mothers to go without food so that their children could have something to eat. I've known mothers to put themselves at risk just so that their children could be safe. A mother will sit up at night with you when you're sick, not because she's not tired, but because that's my child. Not because of obligation, but because of dedication. I can imagine a mother now, if the child came down with corona, that, that you'd have to fight the mother to keep her away from her child. And, and I could hear the conversation, well, if you go into the child, you might catch the, uh, uh, the virus yourself. And, and I could hear the mother saying, I just need to be with my child. She's not really worried about her own well-being. She's worried about the well-being uh, uh, of her children. I know from personal experience that a mother will get up at night to tend to a crying baby. You know, Sister Cook and I have three kids, and, and, and at, uh, to the best of my recollection, when they were uh, young, when they were tights, uh, every time one of them cried, uh, as a rule, Sister Cook was the one that got up to go tend to them. Uh, that's just what mothers do. See, a mother will do all this and more with no expectation or desire for praise or pay. See, some things only a mother will do. And so she tells the servant, we're going to run out to the man of God. Verse number 24, then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Verse 26, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. Now, now you almost have to do a double take when you read that and go back up to the text again, because if I read the text right, it, it said that her son had sat on her lap and, and died. But here she comes to the man of God and she says, it is well. Well, pray tell, what do you mean by that it is well? Your son just died. But you see, when you have faith in God, see, it's well even when your circumstances are not what you would have them to be. If somebody were to ask, them, uh, ask us right now, how are things in the world? And, and, and God's children ought to say it is well. But in their pandemic uh, and a global one at that, I haven't many people lost their jobs and aren't people struggling to keep things together? And, and the answer to all of that is yes. Well, well, how then can you say it is well? Because God still reigns in the kingdom of men. God still loves his, uh, his children and he still has a plan in mind. And while we may not know what God is doing, we know that God is faithful. And at any rate, like the old song we sing, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. This mother says, I'm not concerned about my well-being. I need to get to the man of God because I have faith in God that he can do something about this situation. And as we read on through the text, uh, Elisha goes back to the young man and uh, uh, there by the power of God raises him back to life again. And it just says to us, uh, the possibilities are limitless when you trust God and when you allow him to work in your living. 
And, and I applaud all of our mothers out there. It, it, it is a job uh, unlike any other that you could undertake. Uh, it, it's a job that you don't receive a paycheck for, but Lord knows you provide something valuable in, in the lives uh, of humanity. And, and just as a tribute to our mothers, I, I wanna read something here this morning, and, and it's called Mean Moms. To all the mean moms of the world, and if you aren't a mean mom, it's never too late to change. Was your mom mean? I know mine was. We had the meanest mother in the world. While other kids ate candy for breakfast, we had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. When others had Pepsi and a Twinkie for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. And you can guess our mother fixed us a dinner that was different from what other kids had too. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You'd think we were convicts in a prison. She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing with them. She insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone an hour or less. We were ashamed to admit it, but she had nerve to break the child labor laws by making us work. We had to wash dishes, make the beds, learn to cook, vacuum the floor, do laundry and all sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would lie awake at night thinking of more things for us to do. She always insisted on us telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she could read our minds. Then life was really tough. Mother wouldn't let our friends just honk the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door so she could meet them. While everyone else could date when they were 12 or 13, we had to wait until we were 16. Because of our mother, we missed a lot of things other kids experienced. Yet, none of us has ever been caught shoplifting, vandalizing others' property, or ever arrested for any crime. It was all her fault. We never got drunk, took up smoking, stayed out all night, or a million, a million other things that other kids did. Now that we have left home, we are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. We are doing our best to be mean parents just like mom was. I think that's what's wrong with our world today. It just doesn't have enough mean moms anymore. And again, to all of our mothers, we wish you the happiest of Mother's Day. We thank you for all that you are, for all that you do, for all of your love, your kindness, your hard work, and for the role that you fill in the family according to the will of God. And appreciate when you see a mother working in the home, uh, especially if she's a godly woman, Thank your mother, but also thank God from whom the idea of mothers comes in the first place. Do you remember it was back in the Garden of Eden that God looked at the man and said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a, a helper suitable for him. And it is by the will of Almighty God that we have this wonderful thing in our lives called mothers. Well, not only does God give us mothers, but God wants to give to us the gift of salvation. And he offers us to be reconciled to him uh, uh, by the atoning sacrifice of Christ Jesus. And, and he requires, number one, that we hear the gospel message. 
that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, but raised the third day for our justification. Romans 10, 17 declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He requires that we believe Jesus to be the Christ, John 8, verse number 24, that we be willing to turn from sin, this is called repentance, uh, Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, 5, that we make the confession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32, and that we be baptized in water for the remission of sins. In, in Acts chapter 2, the first time the gospel message was preached, uh, in response to the preaching of that message, the question was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? They wanted to know, how can we make matters right with God? In Acts 2, verse 38, Peter answered, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ, indwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church. And thereafter, he requires that we live obediently. First Peter 2, verse number 9, we are told that we are a royal priesthood, a holy generation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him that has called us from darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, and what God expects after we are baptized in Christ Jesus is that we remember all that your mama raised you to observe, but more than that, that we observe the will of God as we live day by day. And if you are listening to this broadcast and you want to be baptized into Christ Jesus, or you want the church to pray for you, they, we, we invite you to reach out to us at elders at laurelchurch.net, and our leaders will see to it uh, that your requests can be satisfied. At this time, we'll have the song of invitation. <laughs>